Good morning. Thanks for joining us at Central Church. We're so glad that you could join us at home, those of you who are, are joining us online. We're in this sermon series called Uncertain, and it's really looking at the life and the leadership of Moses as he led his people through uncertain times, just as we, too, are going through uncertain times. So what we're going to see today is that, that for Moses, he gathers a team, he goes to Pharaoh, he gets criticized, he grumbles to God, and then he watches God work. I was doing great with the alliteration until I got to the W. G, 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 gathers a team, goes to Pharaoh, gets criticized, grumbles to God, W, watches God work. All right, let's get at it. Gathers a team. In uncertain times, you need to have a great team around you. You've got to surround yourself with great people. And that's exactly what Moses does. In chapter 4, we can read these words. Then the Lord said to Aaron, Aaron is Moses' brother, go into the wilderness to be, meet Moses. So he met Moses at the mountain of God and kissed him. Then Moses told Aaron everything the Lord had sent him to say and also about the signs he had commanded him to perform. Aaron is three years older than Moses, so he got 83-year-old Aaron and three, an 80-year-old Moses. And later, Moses, if you, if you continue on in the book of Acts, you'll... Or, of Acts or the book of Exodus, you will see that Moses also gets a guy named Hur, not Ben-Hur, the chariot and driver, but Hur, H-U-R, Hur, and he gets his sister Miriam, and then there's a couple of younger guys, I guess when you're 80, anybody's younger, but he gets a couple of younger guys, Joshua and Caleb, to come alongside him. They're all in his corner. And you might think, oh, pastor, you just told us we have 27 minutes to get through the whole Exodus. Why are you talking about uh, his just Moses getting back with his brother and his sister, of course, that would happen. I think this is an important point. Because always in Scripture, whenever God calls someone to an important task, always, 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 when he calls an individual to, to work and act, God also calls others to come alongside that person. Moses had Aaron and Miriam and Joshua and Caleb and her. David, you remember David? He had Jonathan and Joab and what the Bible describes as the mighty men of David. That's pretty impressive. Of course, you know Jesus had 12 disciples. And when Jesus sent out those disciples, he, he sent them out in pairs. The apostle Paul had, had Barnabas and then later he had Silas and Titus and Timothy and old, good old Dr. Luke. When God calls an individual, he calls others to come alongside them. Now, I believe that God called me to Flint Central. And, 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 uh, and it's partly to lead our church through these uncertain times. Now, I'm not in league with those biblical heroes. Don't hear that. But I do believe that God called me here. And, and not only did he call me here, he, he allowed me to be surrounded by, by great people. And I'm very, very thankful for that. This is not a one-horse pony show. Uh, we've got a great pastoral staff this October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and we've got, we've got a great, I am surrounded by great pastoral staff. Most of the great things that happen here are because of the pastoral staff that we have here. And they work really, really hard. And it's not just them. We've got great uh, uh, assistants, and the assistants make us just look good. And so if we look good, it's because they've, you know, helped us do that. And it's not just them. We've got here at Central Church, we've got such a great facility crew. They work so hard to keep this place safe and clean. I mean, they clean every crack and, and crevice, and they work really hard to make this place. And they view their job as a ministry, and it is, so you can come in here and be safe and sound. And not only that, we've got a great church board. I am so thankful. You not only have elected leaders among you that, um, 
that have a great business acumen, but they also love Jesus. As, we, as Doc prayed earlier, you know, Keith Burba had, wasn't on the board currently, but he had served on this board for years and years and years. And, and I told the, the pastors beforehand, you know, probably when I get done with ministry, there'll be a handful of, of people that I will say, man, those people were rocks. The, the, the church couldn't have survived without them. And, and Keith Burba is one of those people. You know, we're going we're gonna to miss Keith, but he is an example of what a churchman, a church person is. And uh, we've, got, we've got others on our board who are just, our board is so, they're serving the Lord. Point of all this, God surrounds us with great people. If we're going through uncertain times, you need to surround yourself with great and wonderful people, and God has done that. So Moses gets this team, and then the next step is go to Pharaoh. Seems easy enough. God told him to go to Pharaoh. We're skipping a lot of stuff, but Aaron... Oh, old man Aaron and old man Moses get ready to go to, to, to Pharaoh, which is kind of amazing in and of, of itself. Remember, Moses, most wanted man in Egypt, he was wanted for murder. It's a wonder he and, and Aaron didn't get their heads you know, chopped off even to, to go before Pharaoh, but they didn't. And I don't know exactly what Moses was thinking at this point, but I think if it were me, I'm 80 years old and I'm stuttering and I've been a shepherd for the last 40 years, but I encounter God at a, holy, at, a, at, a, at a bush and he says, flip off your flip-flops, you're standing on holy ground and I am who I am and I am going to go before you and I am God Almighty and, I'm, and I've seen what's going on in Egypt and I'm tired of it and I'm going to rescue the people. If I've had that kind of encounter with God, I'm thinking, all right, I got God on my side, got God Almighty on my side. I got the great I am on my side. This is going to be easy peasy. I'm going to walk into Pharaoh. I'm going to say, listen, Pharaoh Bub, I got God Almighty on my side. He says, let my people go. And so, you know, and Pharaoh's probably going to scream like a little sissy and run for the doors and say, that's it. That's fine with me. Take all the slaves. I don't care about my palace being built. I don't care about those pyramids anymore. Just take them. Go. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. See you later, Moses. I'm thinking maybe that's what, 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 what would happen. It didn't happen that way. Exodus chapter 5. Afterwards, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, let my people go so that they may hold a festival for me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. Then they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. And let us take this three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to our Lord our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with sword. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to work, you lazy bums. Now, I'm not 100% sure what the point is, but here's, I think, what the point is. In uncertain times, things don't always go your way. Have you found that to be true? And you can think in your mind how things are going to work out. You can think back to, you know, February, March, how things are going to work out. I know the sermon series I preached in January means absolutely nothing. Just, you know, just totally throw that. Things don't always go as they plan. In uncertain times, by definition, things are uncertain, unpredictable, random, erratic. If things were easy peasy, then it wouldn't be uncertain times. It would be easy. So Moses gathers the team, goes to Pharaoh, gets criticized. After this initial encounter with Pharaoh, 
uh, uh, Pharaoh decides, Pharaoh, what's his name, decides, he's so upset that he decides to take the straw away from the slaves who are making the bricks. Now they have to gather their own straw, but make the same amount of bricks. In other words, for the slaves' lives, they went from a bad life to a worse life. Things got worse, not better. Have you been there? You know, you're trying to serve Jesus, trying to do everything you can to serve Jesus. You know, you're working really hard to serve Jesus, and things don't get better, and things get worse. Wait a minute. God, wait a minute. This, things are supposed to get better. I'm serving you. Why are things worse? It gets worse. Listen, I am not a uh, snake oil salesman. Our church is not a prosperity gospel church. If you serve Jesus, there is no guarantee that you're going to start driving a Maserati next week or that you'll never have, ever, ever, ever have problems. In fact, I'm pretty sure you've heard these words. In this world, you will have trouble. That was spoken not by some political ad campaign for the, you know, elect this goober and you will have trouble. That's not, these are Jesus' words. Jesus said it, in this world, you will have trouble, but he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. We know the last chapter. We know Jesus wins. We know that one great glorious day, he's going to come bursting through the clouds and Jesus is going to return. Woohoo! can't wait. But in the short term, in the, in the here and now, in the immediate, before Jesus comes bursting through the clouds, Jesus says, listen, I'm not selling you some snake oil here. You're going to have some troubles. And Moses did, and David did, and Paul, he reminded us of hardships and shipwrecks and beatings. And Jesus, for crying out loud, went to the cross. My brothers and sisters, we're just passing through this whole world. Our citizenship is not here. It's, it's heaven. But here, right now, we have our marching orders to pray and to seek God's kingdom to come as we pray, in Flint as it is in heaven. But here, right now, that may mean in a pandemic, in uncertain times, we're going to have some troubles. Don't be surprised by that. We're going to have some troubles. All right, we've got to move on. Moses pleads with Pharaoh, go, go, go. And Pharaoh, what's his name, says, no, no, no. And then, and then because he's such a nice guy, he makes Moses' life and all the, the Hebrew slaves' life even harder. And, and surprisingly, shockingly, the Hebrew slaves are not all that excited about that. And Moses gets criticized. Now, the, the, you know, Moses, had you not shown up, you know, yes, our life was bad, but, but, but now you've made it worse. And you're telling us about this story. You're on the other side of, of the wilderness, and you tell us this cockamamie story about you meeting God Almighty in a bush. So look, look what happens, verse 20. When they left Pharaoh, they, the, the committee man of the Hebrew Slaves Union 407 or whatever, they had gone to Pharaoh, gave him their list of grievances about the new working conditions, and Pharaoh said to them, hey, don't blame me. Blame your union negotiator, Mr. Moses. So when they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. And they said, here it comes. May the Lord look on you and judge you, exclamation point. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hands to kill us. They were not happy. Moses... Before you showed up, things were, they were terrible, but now they're even worse than terrible. I hope God judges you. And the connotation in that was, I hope God judges you. And you're not going to the good place, you're going to the bad place, buddy. We hope God judges you. 
and boy, are you going to get it when he does, because look what you've done. Look at the mess you've created. So if you're keeping score at home, Moses hears from God, gathers a team, goes to Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh, what's his name? Says, no, they're not, they're not going. Uh, in fact, in fact, uh, for your troubles, I'm going to make it worse for everybody, and I'm going to blame you, and so the people will hate you. How about those apples? And then the, Moses, the people of Moses is trying to help, the very people that he really risked his own life to try to help. Remember, most man, wanted man in, in Egypt, they're not thankful. We hope God judges you. Here's something that God and I have been talking about lately. Um, people are people. Have you noticed that? And people don't always respond in a great way, in a healthy way, and that is especially true in uncertain times. Pastor Gildner's brother, Dan, he was with our pastors during um, our pastor's retreat. We had a little pastor's retreat up in Traverse City a few weeks ago. And he talked about how frequently people respond in a negative way. You and I respond in a negative way when we're hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Have you heard that? Halt. You know, when you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired. That's the acronym, and it's halt. I would probably add sick to that when you're um, sick and hungry, lonely lonely, tired, angry, lonely, tired, which would change the acronym to SHALT, or maybe HALTS. And I'd probably have worry, too, which would really change it. Worry, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, sick. WALTS. So when you're WALTS, then, then, then you're in trouble. Um, but I think that's true. When people are worried or sick, or hungry, or angry, or tired, or lonely, all the things that we've been experiencing in this pandemic, right? People have experienced all those things at one point or another. We might not always respond in a healthy way. Oh, pastor, people would never respond to you in an unhealthy way. <laughs> oh, glory. Um, <laughs> but I have to remind myself, when people are worried or hungry, or angry, or lonely, or tired, or sick. It doesn't excuse their behavior sometimes, but it does explain their behavior. And if you find yourself this morning worried, or hungry, or angry, or lonely, or tired, or sick, slow down, breathe, take a deep breath, pray, Lord, Things aren't going the way I had planned. And this is not what I expected. And I need you to work. All right, back to Moses. He gathers a team. He goes to Pharaoh. He gets criticized. Then he grumbles to God a little bit. What do you do when God doesn't work in the way you think he should work? Pharaoh, what's his name? Didn't let the people go. And the people that Moses is trying to help don't appreciate it at all. In fact, they're really mad about it. And Moses doesn't see any sign, not even the slightest sign of victory. Nothing good is happening. He put his trust in God, and God hasn't done anything. In fact, if anything, things are worse. And he looks like a fool to Pharaoh, and he looks like a fool to his people. And a lot of folks at this point would just say, I quit. I'm tired. Forget it. 
I did what you wanted me to do, God. I went to Pharaoh. I said, let my people go. He said no. I went to the people. They were upset with me for going to Pharaoh. I'm out of here. I quit. I'm done. I'm going back to the other side of the wilderness where at least my sheep, they appreciate me and they care for me and I miss little snuggles. And so, so I'm going back. I quit. I was messaging a lady this week. I don't know this lady. She's not from our church. She's not even from our state. She's from someplace else. And she read one of my blogs this week. And she told me how, how she had left her church for over, after she had attended there for over 40 years. 40 years. And she finally, after 40 years, she gave up. And she walked out. And she said, I'm not going back. And I don't know this lady. <laughs> I, I could, she could walk in this room. And I wouldn't know who she is. But my heart was breaking for her. She'd been there for 40 years. And she's walking out and she said she's never going back and she's not going to any church. And I get it. My folks left the church that we attended, the church that they got saved in when I was 16 years old. I know, I know, I know. Sometimes that has to happen. But can I remind, don't forget, the church is not our idea, it's Jesus' idea. And the church is called the Bride of Christ. That doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean it's a perfect bride. It doesn't mean that there's a few coopers in the bride. But don't walk away from Jesus or the people of God. We need each other. We just need each other. Do you remember that old Gaither song we used to sing, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God? Remember that? That's it. That includes, that includes people that d disagree with you politically. That includes people who disagree with the way, you know, that you view the pandemic. That includes people who are worried and hungry and angry and lonely and tired and sick. That includes people who are just struggling. That includes people who don't always respond in a healthy way, even towards you. We're called to love one another in uncertain times. It's Jesus that glues us together, not politics. Not, not, not what we think the steps forward are in a pandemic. It's Jesus. Don't give up on the people who are striving to serve Jesus, even if they don't do it exactly the way you do it. Does that make sense? See, the enemy wants to pull us apart. We need to stick together. All right, back to Moses. Moses, Moses. Maybe we wouldn't have blamed Moses if he just threw up his hand. I quit, I quit, I'm done, I quit. Verse 22, he has this conversation with God. It's a, it's a brutally honest conversation, a little bit whiny, maybe grumbly. This is what he says. Why, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Notice who he's blaming right there in that verse. He's blaming God Almighty. Pharaoh had a rule. Have you brought trouble? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on his people. Okay, now it's God and Pharaoh who's bringing the trouble. And you have not rescued your people at all. Moses does something here that I think is important. It's, it's not grumbling. And grumbling is a bad word. I needed a G word to make the alliteration work, and then I blew it with the W anyway. He's lamenting. That's what's going on here. The Bible is full of laments, songs of sorrow. One third of the, of the book of Psalms are, are laments. Uh, they are not Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy. They're more, you know, I got a lot to worry about, and I'm not happy, so take it, Bobby McFerrin. It, it's the, Bible, the Bible even has a book called Laments, the Book of Lamentations, right? The Book of Laments. If you want to get down in the dumps, you know, read the Book of Laments. 
Lament, though, it's, it's a reminder that life isn't always rosy, and feelings of sadness and sorrow or anger and rage even, uh, loneliness, abandonment from God maybe, when you feel those in uncertain times, it's, it's kind of normal. A lament is a form of prayer. It, it's more than just an expression of sorrow or grumbling. That's what I call that. It really isn't grumbling. It's, it's talking to God about your pain. It's going to God. It's not just shaking your fist and walking away and saying, I'm done with God. No, it's going to God with those, with those, those points of sorrow and pain. That's what Moses is doing here. God, what's going on here? I don't think I got my wires crossed. I'm pretty sure you told me to go talk to Pharaoh, and I went and talked to Pharaoh, and, and I thought for sure that he was just going to, you know, give in and say, okay, but that didn't happen. Not only did that not happen, but the people are really upset with me. And God, what's going on here? This is not working out how I had it planned. Lament. Here, here's the purpose of lament. Lament turns us toward God when sorrow or worry or hunger, or anger, or loneliness, or fatigue, or sickness, tempts us to move away from him. Lament is that divine given invitation to pour out our fears, and our frustrations, and our sorrows, and our worries. It's saying, God, this is what I'm feeling right now. And I don't know how I have all the answers. And I'm going to have to rely on you because there's no one else for me to rely on. See, in uncertain times, what we're going through, it may be, there may be points and periods of lament. Saying, God, this world is a mess. And I'm sick and tired of coronavirus. And I'm sick and tired of seeing it on the news every single night. And, and I'm tired of the political ads that are throwing mud at everybody. And I'm tired that some of my friends are hungry and angry and lonely and tired and worried and sick and they're playing it out and bad. And, and Lord, I, I'm tired of that. And if I'm really honest, I'm a little bit fearful and I don't like feeling fearful. And if I'm really honest, I'm a little bit sad and I don't like being sad. What's going on here, Lord? That's lament. And if you've been doing a little bit of that during this season, <laughs> join the club. You're in good company. David does it a lot. Moses does it here. Jesus even did it in the Garden of Gethsemane. You're in good, good company. But make sure of this. In your laments, turn those laments toward God. Don't walk away from him. Don't shake your fist. I'm done. I quit. On the church. On Jesus. On everything. I'm done. No, God is with us in the storm. And like Moses... Take your worries and your frustrations. Take them to him. Go to him. Run to him. Do you remember what Jesus said? Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Anybody here need a little, a little rest from Jesus? Just a little bit tired? Moses is a little shattered at this point. And so he laments, and I love God's response. First words from God, right out of the chute. Not Moses, quit your belly aching. Moses, your feelings don't mean anything. Moses, blah, blah, blah. None of that. Not at all. Here's what God says. 
Now you will see what I will do. And God gives Moses his resume. God doesn't need to give Moses his resume. God doesn't owe it to Moses to give him his resume. God doesn't, uh, uh, God can do what he wants. He's God Almighty. But sometimes, 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 God just reminds us who he is. Sometimes in the midst of the storm, have you been there? You're in the midst of the storm. It's a terrible thing. And stuff is going on all around you. And yet God gives us just a little glimmer of him at work. He does that all the time. When you're looking for him, he does that. Well, he does that for Moses, even more than just a little glimpse. Verse, I was worried about reading this whole thing, but I think I'm going to. God's response to Moses' lament, it's in Exodus 6, begins in verse 2. I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob as God Almighty. I have heard the groans of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. I will bring you out of the, under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from, the slave, from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with my outstretched arms and mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people. I will be your God. Then you will know I am the Lord who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the land I swore with my uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. I will give it to you as possession. I am the Lord. <laughs> and a wobbly need Moses. Man, that's what he needed to hear. And then God goes on, and we don't have time. Oh my goodness, we don't have time. You know, the situation didn't change, right? The Egyptians are still in control at this point. The slaves are still the slaves. They're still being, being abused. It's still terrible. Nothing has changed at this point except Moses. Moses has changed. Now he's empowered. Now he's, he's ready. And maybe this is the most important lesson of the sermon. In uncertain times, spend more time, not less, spend more time with Jesus. Go to him, lament to him, cry out to him, draw near to him, spend time with, get off Facebook, be with Jesus. Jesus doesn't change. You know, it doesn't, sometimes the situation doesn't change, the people around you may not change, but you will change. It will change you. Be with Jesus.